We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Bite clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome to the Sooner Sports Podcast, presented by Riverwind Casino, still the one, and by Allstate, proud partner of Oklahoma Athletics. Now, here's Chris Plank. And welcome. We are live from inside the Everest Training Center as we wrap up the celebration of Brent Venables who is the new head football coach at the University of Oklahoma. We're not wrapping up anything. We're only at halftime. And we're getting ready for round two, Toby <laughs> Rowland. <laughs> the voice of the Sooners is Toby Rowland. My name is Chris Plank. Thanks for joining us on this special day. We appreciate the flexibility of our, all of our affiliates as we bring you um, a live version of the Sooner Sports Podcast here along the Sooner Radio Network. And we are merely inching up towards Brent Venables meeting with the media. Toby, you were on the stage. You introduced the new head coach. It was energy. It was passion. It was electric. 
I'm blown away by – I shouldn't be, but I'm, I'm so blown away by Sooner fans the last couple of days. At the airport last night and again today, thousands of people here inside the Everest Center just, uh, you know, 10.30 on a Monday morning. Yeah. You know, <laughs> this is not ideal if you've got a job. And yet there were still thousands of people here. It was very cool to see all the current and uh, former Sooners – they all came back uh, in together wearing the We Are uh, OU Football t-shirts. Roy Williams, Mark Clayton, of course, Teddy and Gabe were among them. Uh, tons of former Sooners were here. And, um, yeah, that was, uh, that, was pretty, that was a pretty special show. That was a lot of fun to see the Joes come <laughs> out of hiding. And uh, well, I always joke with Joe C. about uh, the scene in The Lion King when – you know he he's got his guy and he holds he holds him up for everybody to see. That's what today was. Joe has returned with his guy, and uh, you can tell by the reaction how much Sooner Nation approves of this hire. So this is a this is a pretty cool day, and I'm looking forward to this press conference too, because you know it's all been pomp and circumstance so far. Now he's going to be asked some real questions. You know, right? I mean, he's going to be. Uh, Asked why he took this job, and I'm eager to hear that. He's been offered – he just admitted <laughs> on the stage he was offered the Auburn job, which I'm sure Brian Harson didn't love hearing. But uh, we know I think he was in the mix for – you can remember better than me, I believe the Miami job, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Maybe Florida State, um, some other biggies. And he, he seemingly passed on all of them until now. So why, I'm, I'm eager to hear what he has to say about his coaching staff. Um, and I think everybody is out there. What about the current guys on the staff? What about um, – By the way, did you just see Brad Camp carry the national championship That's not easy to do. That's across a, the field. He's still football. <laughs> I, there was never any flinch or panic We've broken either. a few of those, haven't we? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Big 12 champ. I'm sorry. That was epic from Brad Camp. I just had to give him credit. No, I mean, I'm eager to hear what he has to say about his coaching staff um, and – what kind of a timeline he's got there. Um, so I think this press conference coming up is going to be very interesting. So we expect that presser just to kind of give you an idea to start in about 10 minutes from now. So we've got a chance to kind of go back and forth on the 24 to 48 hours that have been for Oklahoma Sooner football. And then, Toby, even going back a week, you know, you, you think about where everyone had been. We haven't produced a podcast outside of the Big 12 show. There hasn't been, as you heard from Joe C., much on where this – actual search was but we didn't I, want to put our foots in our mouths ding 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 collectively uh, most importantly i mean i i went on one radio show and said hey you know the expectation is it going to be brent venables yeah it blew up on like you a tuesday right. night i was right in the long run but the, uh, the the main point of it was i thought bob stoops and joe c and joseph harris said everything that needed to be said on monday to kind of bring everyone back down in a very from a very frustrated level after lincoln left for usc and then this whole week has just been about kind of hoping, right? We, we wanted to see Brent Venables be the guy. And you were there last night with the epic uh, arrival at the airport, almost right on time as those winds came Oof. gusting through, which I'm was crazy. I'm glad I wasn't in that airplane. It, it was rocking pretty good when they touched down. <laughs> yeah. But it, it's just it's been a wild week. I think you said it this morning. Could you imagine sitting here on this Monday where we are right now? Based on where we were like eight days ago, the Sunday yeah. after Bedlam, it's amazing. Or, or even like the pregame show for Bedlam, yeah. you know? I mean, uh, 
what happened that night, that was an amazing football game. It seems like it was a year ago now. Right. Uh, what happened uh, in the postgame afterwards when Lincoln shut down the LSU rumors, the shock the next day. I think we were all watching NFL football when we got blindsided by that news. And then this has been one of the longest weeks I can ever remember because everybody is so on edge but in an excited way. I mean, right. this is, we haven't done this in a long time. And we certainly have never done this in the so social media age. You know, following a coaching search back in 1999, 98, 99, was a lot different than it is today. Right. You waited for the newspaper to come out <laughs> to see, you know, what the beat writers heard, what the latest rumor there was. Everybody is a reporter now. Everybody who has Twitter is a reporter. Not always a good one. In fact, most of the time unreliable, but it makes for an endless news cycle 24 hours a day and for some of us it was 24 some people had a lot of trouble sleeping this week because they could not stop scrolling so uh it's been a long week but it's been fun and it's been exciting and i think it ended the way that the vast overwhelming percentage of sooner fans were hoping it would end and that's with brent venables as their head coach what for you? Okay, I want to because uh, I've got my thoughts on it, uh, Toby. For you, what kind of sold you on Brent Venables is the guy? Because you talked about it from the first moment. You had a couple guys you were rooting for, and the yeah. keyword here for you and I, we were rooting for Brent Venables to get this job. What was it that stood out for you for Brent Venables? Well, we know him. There's a known there. You know, I mean, that's not why, but we know how tough he is. We know how tough-minded Brent Venables is. We know beyond a shadow of a doubt the type of program he will run he did it here and we've seen it at clemson as well it is a no nonsense tough as nails hard hitting aggressive style and not saying anything bad about lincoln and the previous regime here but that's the opposite and i think Sooner fans, after, you know, the way that that all ended, were eager to see the opposite. And so I think that we have a proud tradition of great defense and toughness here at OU. We pride ourselves in our toughness, you know. When you think back to those teams of the 50s and the 60s, certainly the era when we grew up with Bosworth and Casillas and uh, Rod Schott. Yes. I mean, just mean sons of guns, you know, that would hit you and laugh at you. And uh, I think we are very proud of that, even certainly the Bob Stoops era. We had a tough head coach. We had tough defenses, mm -hmm. Rocky and Teddy and Roy Williams and Gerald McCoy and Dusty Dvorak and Tommy Harris, Derek Strait, and on and on. So, and I think we, just by nature of the state we live in, have always prided ourselves in being that way. You know, the whole, I don't want to get too historical here, but the whole Dust Bowl and everything about the state of Oklahoma, we're tough people. And we always like our football team to reflect that. And Brent Venables is that. We don't hope he's that. We know he is because we've seen it. He, he lived with us for a long time. And so I think that's why I wanted him. I think that's why Ted and all the former players wanted him. 
I think that's why Sooner Nation wanted him is because they loved him when he was here. They love what he's about, and they uh, love what they hope he can make Oklahoma football into again. All right, so my reasons for wanting him was I just – I think he's always had that it, right? It just – everything you said and then just he's got this it about it. You know, he's he's – He's always had that energy. He's always had that enthusiasm. He's always had that that passion. But, you know, the way that he was able to diagnose an offense and, and how to shut him down, I just I, – I love that part of it. It absolutely positively fires me up. I mean uh, – and he fires you up, right? Just sitting there – and listening to him, I'm over in the corner. I can't really see anything, but I'm watching one of these big screens and just watching his demeanor, Toby. It's incredibly contagious. So I guess maybe for me, everything you said is exactly right. But I absolutely positively dig um, the, the football coach in him, right? I mean, he is hands down. A, uh, he, he's a guy that can X and O with the best of them now. I think it's going to be very interesting on that football coach side. Oh, oh get my guys. Gosh. Teddy and Gabe with a picture of Brent Venables. How great is that? <laughs> Gabe with the horns down. Um, Gabe, by the way, constantly with the horns down, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, but I got to tell you something, Toby. I'm going to be very interested to see, you know, it, and maybe this is what we're going to learn whenever he takes the days in about five or ten minutes from now. Is he going to be a defensive coordinator that calls the defense is he going to be a guy that brings in someone to be said defensive coordinator for him um you know again what we experienced with lincoln as a head coach he was an offensive coordinator that called all his own plays and that was fine and he was great at it but is that going to be the same case with brent venables and the defense i think it's i think it's going to be interesting to see what his decision is yeah for me that entirely depends on who he can hire on the defensive side of the ball. I would be pretty surprised if at least in year one, you know, year one, one and two, just early on, if he didn't want to be in charge of the defense. Right. And make sure it's the way he wants it, you know? And then I think I'm at, I think Teddy and Gabe probably said this on their podcast. I heard it somewhere. And then when he feels comfortable that he's got it where he wants it and he's got the coaches there that understands it, then maybe put somebody else in charge. That makes a lot of sense to me. So, I don't know. Maybe there's somebody he's worked with in the past that that does it the way Brent wants it done, and he'll bring him in and immediately say, all right, it's your defense. Uh, I'll step back and just right. be a CEO type. But that would surprise me early on. I, I think that when you are as good at what you do as Brent is at coaching defense, that's part of the reason they brought you here, and you want to make sure it's done right that he'll be in charge to start. Just a guess. Just a guess. Um, one quick note on a personnel side of things, too, as we wait any moment now to hear from uh, Brent Venables in his press conference across the street, which is a short walk. Uh, apparently he had uh, people trying to get pictures with him along the way. He was taking selfies with everybody, including <laughs> Teddy and Gabe. Which is great. But Nick Benito has announced that he is opting out of the bowl game and instead will start preparing for the NFL draft. Mm. That's that good. I mean, he had a great career. He was a great guy. We appreciated our time with him. He's got a chance to be a first-round pick. Uh, but it's it's wild because we get a rematch with Oregon. We get a rematch with Oregon, and, uh, and it's going to be – 
it's going to be Bob Stoops versus an interim yeah. coach at Oregon because Marco Cristobal, or Mario Cristobal, just took the job in Miami. He did take this it. morning. Yeah. Wow. Wow. <laughs> we're we're going to definitely need a coaching roster for that bowl game. Um, Who knows who's going to be on the sidelines? Okay, so we're approaching the press conference with Brent Venables coming up here in mere moments. This will be a Q&A with the media. But, I, you know, I feel like we talked about it quite a bit. But the it, it's hard to get into specifics on coaches, right? And we're going to learn a little bit more about that. But from a player's perspective, you know, outside of Nick Benito just opting out of the bowl game and turning pro, it seems like there's a lot of guys that are pretty fired up about this hire based on social media and their attendance today. Yeah, I mean, I feel like probably if you were going to – I mean, I don't know. Let me think through this while I talk. I feel like probably if you were going to do the transfer portal or opt out, you would have done it this week. Probably. Yeah, yeah, probably so. It's hard to imagine that you're here, they introduce Brent Venables, and you say, nah, I don't want to be a part of this. (laughs) Right, right. So I think probably that – the guys that are here now and and haven't transfer portaled and haven't declared for the draft and that's a big number of guys by the way right uh are are in for the bowl wouldn't be completely surprised if a guy or two comes back out of the sure. portal now that they've made Absolutely. this hire and say oh yeah I want to be a part of that um but they're going to be shorthanded Oklahoma's going to be shorthanded but I would imagine Oregon's going to be shorthanded too, you know. So it's going to be uh, our best uh, twenty-seven against their best twenty. I don't know what the number is. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna have two two shorthanded football teams coached by by uh, oddly comprised coaching staffs who are going to play a football game that I think Oklahoma fans are going to be very intrigued by, you know, because Bob's coaching. That's right. They've got all this momentum out of the Venables hire. And because of the Oregon game, what was that, 15 years ago? Now, right. <laughs> that that adds a, an intriguing storyline that will have their attention, too. It is also, for what it's worth, a game we've never been in. Uh, the Alamo Bowl has been a Big 12 Bowl forever. Right. And Oklahoma's just always missed it, usually on the high side because they've been in a playoff or a, a more important game. There's been a couple of times they missed it on the low side. We went to the – Insight.com Bowl, when we played Iowa, we went to the... Uh, Camping World Bowl, camp, right? Camping World, Russell uh, Athletic. Russell Athletic Bowl, sorry, yeah. in Orlando, you're right. So I'm we sorry. missed it on the bottom, underneath it a couple of times. We've just never landed in the Alamo Bowl, so that might intrigue some... You can drive there. Six and a half hour drive. Yeah, uh, San Antonio's a great city with the Riverwalk, and uh, I will definitely eat my weight in Mexican food while I'm there. <laughs> So I think by the time December 29th rolls around, there will be some intrigue on that football game. But, you know, that's a good it's a good thing point you bring up as to it's time right now to figure out who's in and who's out. Right. And so I think probably if we don't hear something in today or tomorrow that that you can figure those guys that are still in or in uh, December 29th is the Alamo Bowl, by the way. Uh, you can get tickets right now at Soonersports.com. It is a late kick. It is an 8.15 p.m. kick, so get your nap on December 29th. I'm worried about the 30th. (laughs) What time we leave that next morning, or you got basketball? We got radio shows the next morning. Oh, that's right. That game's on a Wednesday night. I forgot about that. I got a 6 a.m. radio show on the 30th. (laughs) (laughs) So you go from doing an 8 p.m. game to doing a 6 a.m. game. Well, what time's that? What time are we getting off the air with an 8.15? Well, okay, what time did Bedlam kick off? 6.30, right? 6.00. 
30. And then it didn't eventually kick off until like 6.45. Yeah. Oh, we didn't get off the air that night until close to midnight. Yeah. So, yeah. We'll be 1 a.m. Yeah. Ooh. You might just stay on the air. You might just kind of roll through Sleep that. in the booth. <laughs> it's the Sooner Radio Networks. We're bringing uh, Sooner Radio Network bringing you live coverage of the Brent Venables press conference, which is coming up here in moments. We've just wrapped up the public celebration. We're still waiting. Uh, our producer, Drake, in the Learfield Studios is all over it. Uh, Mike Houck, they're going to do a Q&A, and we're going to bring it to you live. Um, we, we don't expect much pomp and circumstance. This will no, probably I think it's be a straight press conference. Yeah, straight press conference getting down to kind of the nuts and bolts of the why and uh, who could be sticking around. The who's media's going. been patiently waiting. Right. Through, you know, the band and the horses and me <laughs> last night and through the band and the horses and, and us up here today. They've been w- patiently, I'm sure patiently. I bet they're not complaining at all, right? Not at all. They've been waiting <laughs> for their opportunity to ask questions, and so this is their chance. Um, okay, while we wait, let's just take a moment to tip a cap to Bob Stoops because you and I didn't get a chance to do a podcast last week. Available right now at Soonersports.com slash podcast is that full press conference with Bob Stoops, Joseph Harris, and Joe Castiglione. But, I mean, how many – how many places have someone like Bob Stoops who whenever things seem to be in peril and everything appears to be just uh, in upheaval, you have Bob Stoops that took the podium last Monday and said, hey, this is always going to be about the players. The only – I was just going to look up how old is Frank Beamer. Oh. The, the only <laughs> thing I can think of is like Frank Beamer, you know, at Vatech, Right. Who is a legend, the greatest coach in the school's history – and still very much around. He's 75 uh, years old. So, you know, uh, but not as youthful and energetic, mm-hmm. but still widely respected. I think if something like that happened at Vatech, Frank Beamer would step in and, and be let. That's the only thing I could think of that remotely comes close to what has happened this week here. And by all accounts, not only did he deliver what will go down as one of the epic press conferences in OU history. That's right. Last Monday, when, when the... Palace was seemingly on fire, mm-hmm. and he came in and said, calm down, I got this. <laughs> um, you know, not only did he do that, by all accounts, he killed it on the recruiting trail this right. week. And was out there in houses, crisscrossing the country, trying to lock in as many guys as he could, trying to keep everybody calm in our own locker room, and and then ended up in, in, in Indianapolis on Friday night for the uh, – or Saturday night for the – Big Ten Championship game, so he's probably beat. Now he's out in Vegas for the. <laughs> he's got his Hall induction to the Hall of Fame. He's a legend. We knew that before this week. He added to that legendary status this week, and uh, I think Sooner Nation will be forever grateful to Bob Stoops. I was. Um, I know he wishes he was here today. I uh, wish he was here today. Uh, all right, so we're still just basically kind of lingering around over waiting for the press conference to get going across the way uh, inside Gaylord Family, Oklahoma, Memorial Stadium. All right, let's play this game real quick, Toby. You get the first question of Brent Venables. What are you going to ask him? What do you want to hear? Um, why now? Why this job? I think I know the answer, but I want to hear. Uh, I know, you know, like we said before, he's been offered – uh, several opportunities, at least reportedly, offered several opportunities, and he admitted to one here today right. with Auburn. Why did Why did he say no then and say yes now? I think that would be my first question, and my, and my second would be what everybody wants to know now is okay, great. 
who's going to be our offensive coordinator. So I don't know that he's ready to tell us yet, but maybe, maybe uh, he's got some details about what he's thinking coaching staff-wise about maybe keeping some of the guys that are here uh, or or what you asked about defensive coordinator, whether he envisions himself being his own defensive coordinator. So coaching staff, I think, will be the next uh, obvious question. You know, we, we asked him last night when he landed, and I'm sure somebody will reiterate some form of this today, about um, what this week has been like for him. Right. From the moment he got that call from Joe, Joe C., and he talked about how it's, it's been surreal, and he just kind of kept thinking this is going to fall apart. This is not – surely this isn't real, and they're going to change their mind or something along the way. So I'd love to hear more details on just, like, what this week has been like. Uh, was it drawn out? You know, he mentioned something about patience up here today. Was, was Oklahoma ready to give him the job on Tuesday? And Brent wanted to make sure everything was right, and he was kind of holding it up. Or was it OU's side of things? I don't know if anybody will admit to that, but was OU's like, yeah, we like you, but we want to talk to some other guys, and then we'll get back to you. So that, that would be intriguing to know how the week went. I think, you know, the, the week to me is a fascinating conversation that someday whenever Joe C. retires, either he needs to sit down and do like an hour-long podcast with us, if not more. It's going to take book. more than an hour. Right, exactly. Because there's a part of me that wonders, there's a lot of factions and those listening right now that might say, well, if Brent Venables was your guy, why wasn't it just announced on Monday? I don't think this is something you rush into. Even even if BV's your guy, which he ended up being, you've got to cross every T and dot every I in this process, right? And they if, did, if, apparently. If you know Joe as well as we know Joe, and how methodical and um, exacting he is with every decision. Right. I mean, it could be uh, what color paint do you want on that wall? He's going to think about it. <laughs> and then he's going to think about it a little bit more. And we're talking about a head football coach. Right. Which is the lifeblood, not of this athletic department, not of this university, but of the state of Oklahoma. This is the biggest possible hire that you could have in the state of Oklahoma. He's going to take his time. And I think probably my guess is, I'm just guessing, that he went into the week thinking, Brett Venables, I think, was at the top of my list. Let's go talk to him. I think they probably did. And then I think he had two or three other guys he was intrigued by. And he thought, I would be not doing this properly if I didn't talk to everybody who right. I am intrigued by. And if Brent doesn't understand that, if Brent wants to play hardball or something, then maybe you've got a different uh, circumstance. But I don't think Brent said that. I think Brent understands this is a big time. This isn't like you're going and hiring Nick Saban. Right. You know, Nick has done it. If, if you're going to hire Nick Saban, you say you want the job or not. <laughs> you, you don't say to Nick um, – you know what, maybe we're interested in you, but we're going to talk to some more guys. We're, we're talking about an assistant coach who's never been a head coach before. So I think probably, and again, I'm just guessing, Joe wanted to talk to a couple of guys who played on Saturday in the championship games. Just, you know, it would make sense. And then after that concluded Saturday, uh, he said, nope, Brent's our guy. Let's go get him on Sunday. 
You know, there, there's a lot. And again, if you're just tuning in on the Sooner Radio Network with Toby Rowland, I'm Chris Plank. Welcome. Uh, we are getting set for the start of the Brent Venables press conference. Drake, thumbs up. We heading there now? Oh, that's I, less I got than the, convincing. The, 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 the handshake, maybe, maybe. I'm getting a no right now from Drake back in the Learfield studio. So uh, Coach Venables has walked into the room. Uh, Drake back in Jeff City says, not quite yet. So we're inching closer towards getting over to hear from BV. But I, I will say this, Toby, the last 24 hours have been fantastic. Yeah, From we needed this, didn't we? Yeah, from this story breaking yesterday morning, to, and you started seeing some of the national reporters on it and the local people getting all over it. Let's let's celebrate. Brent Venables, the new head coach of the University of Oklahoma, Mike Houck, and the uh, Sooner Media asking questions. Um, athletics Director Joe Castiglione. So we will begin with some uh, very brief opening remarks, and then we'll get to questions. Coach Venables has to hit the recruiting trail. We're going to be limited to, limited to approximately 30 minutes. We'll get to as many people as we can. Um, coach? Well, we, we already did an audible, <laughs> so we figured I'll, I'll go quickly. Uh. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. Um, first of all, thank you all for being here. And uh, just uh, appreciate everybody's uh, patience. Um, it's been a, a quick week, but uh, one that in why is everybody raising their hand? I'm sorry? Just letting me know that. I was about to call on you all. <laughs> you know, I, I'm a professor. I, you know, someone raised their hand in the classroom. I'm calling on you. <laughs> okay. I didn't get that signal, so sorry. But uh, in any event, um, we're obviously thrilled to be here today with our new head football coach, Brent Venables. Uh, I want to take time to thank quite a few, not going to name them, but quite a few people that are part of processes. You know, these uh, processes are, uh, are complicated, uh, and at the time you're trying to move it forward very, very quickly, uh, thoroughly, comprehensively, uh, to try to make sure we get our decisions right and based on the right things. And so I just by generally generalization, thank everybody that was part of that. And uh, secondly, I want to thank Coach Stoops. We were here just a week ago and uh, discussing our interim transition. He's been incredible, as he always has been. Uh, he stepped up, stepped forward, leaned in, and has uh, really helped bring everybody together during what has been you know, you know, a tough week, a tough week for a lot of people, and um, yet people have come together just like we always do here at the OU family. So thank you to Coach Stoops, and as you know, he'll be inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame tomorrow night. So with that, uh, I'll answer questions later, but right now I'd like to turn it over to the person that is It's still probably going to be um, real special every time we say this, uh, sinking in the head football coach at the University of Oklahoma, Brent Venables. Thanks, Joe. Um, it's great to be here today. Um, thank you again all for coming. Uh, it's it's kind of surreal for me to look around and see so many familiar faces and uh, see a bunch of uh, friends out here. And um, just an amazing uh, journey here these last few days. Uh, again, uh, as I 
uh, said earlier, if you would have asked me, you know, 10 years ago, uh, as I walked um, out of my office for the, the uh, you know, the last time, and uh, if, if I thought I'd be here 10 years later as the head football coach, I would have told you, you need to check yourself and do a mental ins- institution. Just, and the biggest reason is, it's just, you know, this is Oklahoma. And uh, Oklahoma uh, is, is um, a, a special place. And uh, there's a lot of incredible coaches out there. Um, and that's where I have as much respect for, for the coaching profession. A lot of options, lots of choices. And uh, uh, so, again, just grateful to be here. Uh, really looking forward to um, you know the opportunities. The the, the number one uh, thing for me and my family as I looked at this opportunity um, was the leadership here. And people in the profession know uh, Joe Castiglione, uh, Joe Harris, the Board of Regents, uh, the leadership in this university. It's uh, first of all, it's first class, and, and secondly. Um, they're about their business. They know what they're doing. They're very professional in everything that they do. The alignment is is very real. It's very tangible. Uh, the direction, uh, the focus, and the commitment um, is second to none. They don't take a backseat to anybody. And so as a football coach, that's what you're always looking for. If you're going to align yourself uh, as, a, as a head football coach, you need to make sure that the, everything's in place from a resource standpoint, from a commitment standpoint, from a leadership standpoint. And uh, so Oklahoma, again, has that reputation. And being behind the scenes from that standpoint, I uh, can verify that. Again, take a backseat to nobody. So to, uh, uh, to partner um, with this leadership was a no-brainer for me, to have the opportunity uh, to be the next football coach uh, at, at uh, Oklahoma, uh, something that you, you, you have to look at, that you can't turn down. And uh, I've been very... Uh, patient, uh, my career. I'm a very uh, faith-driven decision maker, and um, when again, when this call came, uh, however long ago it was, uh, you lose sense of days, um, as y'all know in this process. Uh, this one, this one was special, and I just again appreciate uh, the leadership and their belief in me and um, uh, their faith in me and, and my leadership and my ability to be the head football coach here. Uh, truly blessed beyond what I deserve. So again, I'll, I'll uh, open it up however they want. And uh, just again, great to be here. Just re- really thankful. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Coach. We'll go to questions. We'll begin on the left. Ryan Aber, the Oklahoman. Yeah, Brent, I want to ask you, how did the last decade at, at Clemson prepare you for this? And what are some of the specific things that you've taken uh, from that that got you ready for this day? And also, uh, will, will Tyler play in the bowl game for Clemson or uh, come here immediately? Yeah, so um, I think I made a statement earlier that in the last 10 years, I've grown more um, as, a, as, a, as a coach, as a man, as a husband, as a father, um, as a dad, uh, to my girls, uh, as a believer, um, all those areas that from a holistic standpoint are, uh, you know, incredibly important. And uh, I think making, um, getting out of your comfort zone, and uh, we know in, in, in our different professions, that's uh, one of the hardest things uh, that you can go through. And so for me, that was a very hard transition. I thought, oh, I'm Johnny Supercoach. I got, you know, I've got all this uh, incredible pedigree and resume and association. Man, I'm this, you know, hotshot coach. I'm, I'm a winner. And what I learned at 40 years old in a very humbling way is you got to start over. 
And you got to start over re with relationships. Uh, you can't bring your, your street cred with you. You have to earn that. Uh, it takes a lot of work, um, whether that's with players or with colleagues. Uh, and um, it, it also gave me an opportunity just to kind of scale everything down and, and build it from scratch uh, from the X's and O's standpoint. Um, Coach Sweeney is an amazing leader. Um, he's got every quality um, that you would want in a human being, uh, best man I've ever been around. And, uh, but he pours in, into his coaches as much as he pours into his players. And so it's really in really every area um, that prepared me. Uh, obviously, you know, he equipped me and empowered me and uh, allowed me to uh, do the things within the confines of his vision. Uh, to uh, to be a leader and uh, inspire and challenge and to grow and uh, uh, to compete and uh, so again I just you just go down that that checklist of all the areas um, that I've grown uh, just you know just a lot of wisdom and uh, and again I think the biggest thing is just um, when you leave and get away from home and you've got to really find yourself and uh, so that's that's what it really allowed me to do and uh, and then he coaches coaches as well as anybody that I've been around. Yeah, so uh, I, I would believe he would, um, right now his intention is to stay there and play in the bowl game. Yep, you bet. We'll stay in front. Eric Bailey, Tulsa World. Welcome, welcome back to the uh, I wanted to ask you, I got a question for Joe too, but I want to ask you, we talk about recruiting, how important is it to really keep a good relationship with Caleb Williams. Have you had a chance to talk to him about staying here at Oklahoma? I know there's a lot of, with the portal, a lot of things can happen with the coaching change. And then for Joe, the hire came seven days after you got the news. And Brent was, if Brent was an early, was he an early target? And was there, why did it take so long, I guess? Was it someone you could have named earlier in the week? Okay, so um, I have spoken to Caleb, um, reached out to him and his father yesterday, and uh, connect with his father here later uh, and whether it's Caleb or anybody else you know everybody talks about recruiting and going to get the next class and the next class after that even there's there's nobody that's more important to recruit than your players every day and you do that with relationships uh, you do that with connectivity um, uh, you got to again uh, reach them the right way and um, always be whatever on guard if you will uh, with again the the um, uh, the ability that we as as adults, uh, if we've we've laid out there, there's no there's no um, there's no reason for pause, and uh, we've all been 17, 18, 19 year old uh, young people. There's a reason that insurance for a 17 year old is a lot more expensive than it is 24 year old. It's called judgment, and uh, so again, there's no reason to pause, and you know, uh, so the portal's a very real thing, you know, with with uh, all of your players, but. Uh, that I've always believed in, in continuing to nurture your relationships. Uh, don't get uh, so caught up in the recruiting that you lose sight of what's most important and what's in your locker room because it's the lifeblood of your, your program. So, uh, Eric, uh, Coach was uh, my first call, but uh, I, I think, and he would agree, um, I owe it to the University of Oklahoma and to him and his candidacy to uh, have a process, and a, a process is all-encompassing, and there are many facets of it. And you know, in the end, regardless of what decision we make, it it fortifies, it validates, it clarifies everything um, about what is needed 
in leadership, alignment, commitment, structure, support, and how we're going to go about doing this together because that's what it's all about at the University of Oklahoma. So I know sometimes people think, well, there's that person. They're right there. Why don't you just go hire them? Well, you know, sometimes and occasionally there may be a reason why you just do it instantaneously because you've been with them and watched them, and it just in that situation it might have made sense. But that doesn't mean it makes sense in every situation. And I think uh, in this case the process itself was important. And we moved it quickly. And the other part is uh, – and we weren't just dealing with the process of hiring a coach. Obviously, you know, we didn't expect to be in a coaching search a week ago. And uh, we had to deal with all the other, um, I guess you could say, connectivity to what that change meant. Players, coaching staff, university, fans, everybody had a reaction to it. And we're managing that. At the same time, we're trying to put the focus on um, on the coaching search, so the process in this case, you really you really have to follow it, and it it really makes the the decision you make so much stronger. Okay, far left, Jason Kersey with the Athletic. Brent, have you started to to figure out how you're going to put your staff together? Will you be retaining any of the current uh, assistant coaches? Um, obviously, I've. Um, you prepare yourself for a long time, way before yeah, every battle's won, before it's fought. That same kind of mindset when it comes to staffing, and we're working through that right now. Uh, and the same with our current staff. Uh, there's, you know, there's some uh, terrific um, options right here at home, and uh, we're we're looking at everything. But uh, obvious, obviously, we want to uh, do it sooner rather than later, and uh, so we're working aggressively on, on both fronts. Defensive coordinator, or will you call plays defensively? Yeah, my intention is to hire a defensive coordinator. Okay, let's go to Bob Prisbillo, Sooner Scoop. Yeah, Brent, you talk about recruiting, you know, it's a week and a half before early signing period. How do you go into the homes now, these kids that maybe don't know you and try to earn their trust and try to sell them that you're going to be there for the long haul? Yeah, well, I have a, I have a career, um, almost 30 years of, of being loyal. Um, just look at my career and uh, you know if I've been something I've been loyal and um, so I haven't been a coach that's jumped all over um, taking this job take this job to take this job so I think that that speaks for itself um, uh, again it's it's not an easy thing to sell but I do think that they chose Oklahoma uh, for a reason and we always challenge recruits to take the recruiting coach out of it and just what a wonderful place it is to, you know, chase your dreams, to get a great quality education, uh, to develop holistically. And uh, so there's many, it's much more than just one person. I recognize that being the head coach is a is very important uh, place in all of that. And, uh, but again, if they're looking for, again, for me, uh, for example, if they're looking for a program with stability, um, a program of success, this is a program, first of all, that's displayed that on its own. And then my career has been exactly that as well. So on the biggest stages and the biggest games and have that kind of experience uh, to, uh, to sell. Jenny Carlson, the Oklahoman. How are you? Good. How are you? Good, good. Hey, um, so this morning you wake up in Norman, Oklahoma, a place that you woke up a lot of mornings before. But what was that like to come to this place, a place you've come to so many times as a head coach this morning? 
Um, it was it was really indescribable. It really was last night. Um, Julie and Jake and T-Bone and the girls, they don't remember anything, but uh, it was so cool. We And, and so it's like, hey, do you guys want to go to the stadium? We're like, yeah, let's go check it out. And uh, it was dark, and you know, we saw all the lights. Uh, I had no idea everybody else was coming. And we uh, we had a blast, like just a blast. You can talk about memory, going down memory lane, and just some amazing memories. Our, our family was molded and shaped here. Um, just so many incredible influences. And so, uh, and then we're going home uh, We uh, go, where we're going to, to, to stay, and we are starving. So this is, what time is this? This is like... Uh, well, it was after yeah, way after midnight, yeah. and uh, found Whataburger, uh, game changer. Uh, we don't have one of those in Clemson, so uh, triple cheeseburger later and some onion rings, and we were in hog heaven. But it was just in- indescribable uh, this morning. Um, I think that's probably I know Joe's even worse than me, but I sleep well normally. I'm, I have no problem sleeping. I've gone seven straight days of probably four hours or less, and uh, man, I woke up at four o'clock in the morning and trying to be quiet for, for Julie. And she goes, I'm up. <laughs> I'm like, She's, we flip it on and um, we're back at it. And just, it's amazing. Um, just, we're so grateful um, and uh, thankful. Um, just things have come full circle. It's sent, you can't fabricate family. And uh, it, it has felt so easy uh, on so many levels. It really has. It's, um, it's just very hard to describe but uh, it's very real, it's very tangible, and uh, we're just, again, uh, thankful and just really look forward to, uh, you know, hopefully adding to um, this, again, the, the, the Sooner family, adding to the, the rich history and tradition here, and again, uh, raising our, our, our family here. In front, Jesse Crittenden, Norman Transcript. Hi. Uh, just wanted to ask, you know, obviously the, the defense here has had some ups and downs the last few years, and I know you talked about, you just mentioned you might hire a defensive coordinator, but how do you feel like you can add uh, to the defense here? How do you kind of evaluate that unit? Well, again, I'm always looking, again, forward thinking, uh, certainly in the now, um, but uh, uh, in the in the very near future and transitioning to the SEC, um, we're in a SEC footprint um, in South Carolina and recruit against the SEC. Uh, all of the teams understand what they have, but from an infrastructure standpoint, certainly personnel, uh, where you got to go to recruit. Um, it's always about the players, so that's where it's going to uh, start. Um, evaluating the players and uh, finding, you know, again, where, where our needs are, addressing those needs as as quickly as we can, and then um, again building a foundation for them, uh, both from a philosophy standpoint, structure standpoint, and then the, the development that goes with that. And that's not an overnight thing, as we all know. Uh, but, uh, you know, that's uh, all the things that I've said already uh, in regards to philosophy and structure alignments. And then, again, it's all game planning. And once you get to that stage on down the road. But, uh, you know, I'm excited. I, I've seen, I watch Oklahoma a lot. And I study everybody. And um, But I, we watched Oklahoma defensively. They, they did a, they had made this huge um, jump in improvement. Uh, two years ago to where they were a year ago to and did some uh, really good things even this year and but studied them in the out of season you know what because I'm a believer in um, uh, the coaching aspect of it and when you have some uh, statistical things that there, where there's a large um, movement uh, you know as I'm trying to study people and get better as a coach 
Uh, I, I try to pay attention. So whether that was disruption or tackles for loss or third down or sacks, when there's this dramatic shift, I'm always looking. A few years ago, we went to Iowa State. I'm like, listen, Iowa State, that conference is as explosive an offensive conference in college football. Okay, Iowa State has led them, I don't know, like maybe three straight years in rush defense and one of the better defenses and making some, you know, challenging some of the better offenses and defending them. So just, again, trying to peel the onion back and see, you know, not just what they're doing, how they're doing it, because I respect people doing more with less. And uh, that's, that's, where, that's what coaching looks like. So, um, you know, to answer your question long-windedly, uh, there's a lot that goes into that, uh, one I'm incredibly excited about. And, uh, and, again, in my opinion, without evaluating, you know, the personnel uh, yet and what our needs are, um, I'm incredibly excited. And, um, you know, I think any mark of any good unit, player, uh, coach, is consistency, you know, showing up week in and week out, playing, you know, to a standard. And uh, so, you know, that's, that's an important aspect, you know, as well. Go to Garen Emig, Tulsa World. How you been? Good. Good to see you again. Uh, the the longer you were at Clemson, was it a natural situation, inclination to, to pay less attention to what was going on here at OU, or was you shaking your head already? Yeah. No, I mean I'm. You oh you you feel like you know that's part of your fiber. You know you uh, you don't just invest. You, know, you it's not just a job for me. This is me. It's not just a job. Um, it's, you know, you pour your life into it. So you don't just um, walk away and forget about it, good or bad. You know, you try to learn from all of it. And so for me, um, absolutely, always paying attention. Coach Stoops and his family, uh, Joe Castiglione and his family, our, our children, you know, we're Kristen together. You know, we, we, we've, we've done it all. We've uh, changed diapers together. I mean, I don't know. It's just I'm a, I'm a very connected person, and uh, even to a lot of you, you know. Whether, you know, I feel like, um, uh, you know, relationships. You have business relationship. I'm not really, I'm not really like that. Uh, I'm deeply connected. Uh, you know, whether I say that outwardly or not, but that's you know, when you pour your life into something, you pour your heart into it. You're truly passionate about it. And you don't just close that door. So absolutely. Uh, looking on and pulling for, and uh, it's been a lot of fun. I'll go to Dean Blevins, News 9. Brent, welcome back. Thank you. A um, couple of thoughts. Are you going to uh, to see Bob? Are you, are you going to drop by uh, Vegas and uh, take part in any of that? And secondly, you know, as we see these players, the Hazelwoods and so forth, transfer out, and then Benito saying he's opting out or not playing in the bowl game, and others are saying they're staying. What type of assurances, or do you know what type of uh, team that will f be on the field uh, in this bowl upcoming bowl game? Um, I'll be honest. I I've certainly paid uh, some attention. We talked about it uh, briefly last night. Had an uh, amazing uh, Zoom call with them yesterday, and then a, a great team meeting I felt this morning. Uh, really looking forward to um, uh, again, pulling the curtain back in that regard uh, quickly. My, my number one goal is to uh, get on the road recruiting, uh, make sure that this 22 class that's due to uh, enroll here in the next few weeks uh, is where it needs to be. And, um, and then uh, all the while uh, in between visits, 
you know, uh, you know, visiting with the, our current players, and we talked about that, you know, the transfer portal, and you know, we just make it easy, and it's actually kind of cool to just quit, you know, it's like cool to quit, and I don't get that, you know, and I understand there's always extenuating circumstances and situations where it's okay for, you know, somebody needs to move on, or maybe a graduate transfer that wants to go somewhere and actually play more, but, uh, you know, but it is a real issue. And um, so I think that goes back to on the front end of trying to recruit people. Uh, and again, it's, you know, it's a people first. Uh, I believe that wholeheartedly and finding the people. That's why to me, you, 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 instead of speed everything up, you need to slow it down. And that's not, that's not real popular. You know, these, uh, I don't even know, is it sophomores if they're 2024? Like they're mad if, if they don't get an offer, you know, and I'm like, What's so wrong with um, starting like a full year of varsity, you know, going on your, your first date, you know, learn how to shave, maybe get a driver's license before you get a $120,000 scholarship. You're mad we don't offer you when you're, you know, 14 years old and um, you don't know anything about them. There's no track record and uh, we're not going to we're going to value our offer. And it's important to me, first of all, that we understand what those values are. And what the fit is, find people first. Yeah, they got to be talented. That, that goes without saying. they got to be a great player. But we're going to look for people first because I think that's what sustains. There'll be some tough moments. And you go to college, it's hard, especially when you're young and immature. So I think it's important that you find, you know, people that got the right stuff and uh, whatever that is. And, and, again, our job as a staff is having the ability to identify that. And um, and it's not you're going to be you're not, nobody's going to be, uh, uh, you know, uh, nobody's going to protect themselves wholeheartedly. Where, where you you're not going to lose anybody, but we want to keep it. You know, we want to keep that to a minimum because I, I think continuity can be a very good thing, as we know. And development, I want to be a developmental program. You know, I want everything about our program to be developmental. That doesn't mean the guy don't play till he's he's older. It just means it's a developmental program. The, you know, football's a developmental game. The more you play, the more you practice, the better you get. There's a reason why that fourth and fifth-year player, I had a couple of six-year guys this year, amazing players. They just play way up here. They, they, they fly up here where the Gulf Stream does, you know. They're not down here with the King Air. They're up there, that Gulf Stream. And sometimes those young guys, they can get up there, but they're down here, and they're up here, and they're down there. And, um, and that's how they think as well. So, again, just I think it's important that um, we're patient. We find the right fit uh, in regards to the recruiting process. Be aggressive when you need to. You know it when you see it. You know it when you don't. And then again, I think you got to continue to always. You can't sign. Spend all this time. You spend a year recruiting some of these guys, and then all of a sudden you get them, and then you're on to the next, and then you 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 lose your way with the players that are in your locker room. And I think managing that is very important. I think it's in, in important. It's my responsibility. Uh, that I continually remind our, our staff when we get everybody in place that there's nothing that's more important than those guys in that locker room, period. And um, that other stuff can wait. And, uh, and that has its urgency as well. But I think when you get that locker room right, everything else will, will, will you know, uh, work you know, accordingly. Let's go to Cliff Brunt, AP. Take the OU part out of it. What is it about you at this time in your life that makes it the right time to make this jump? Yeah, it, I, I don't think I can take the 
owe you out of it. I'll be honest. I mean, it's what is that's what was in it for me, uh, having um, numerous opportunities um, through my career, throughout my career. Listen, I'm a simple guy. I value some things that maybe other people don't, and maybe more so. I value relationships. I, I value um, people. I value quality of life. And um, I value simplicity. Uh, just become, because you become the head coach doesn't mean you can't keep things simple. You know, you, you control that narrative. And listen, this is Oklahoma, all right? I didn't, Alabama's never offered me a head job. I didn't go down. I don't want to go down my, my small Rolodex of schools, but this is this is that program, and uh, so it was a very. I, I feel like I've you know I've had 27 plus years of interview and preparation. I'm, I've been exposed to uh, three college football Hall of Fame coaches. Coach Sweeney will be next, and um, what they've been able to pour into me. I've, I've always been a sponge. You know, I'm taking it all in. So. Uh, I've led uh, my group, my position group. I've led defenses. Um, uh, I've been in front of the team plenty. Uh, it's something that's um, easy for me, something I love to do. I'm just passionate about people, and um, I'm passionate. I am passionate about winning. I'm passionate about winning the right way and uh, never compromising, you know, those um, values. And so just like uh, the players will tell you, um, it doesn't have to change. It doesn't need to change. It won't change when you become the head coach. And so... Uh, it's a calling, being a, a coach, and um, as I said earlier, um, to some degree, you know, coaching for me um, is is yeah, I get you get paid, you get compensated well, uh, you're in the spotlight. You know, a lot of people are using that scoreboard in that stadium as how they're going to judge you. You know, it's you're in a performance-based prof- profession, and it's important that you, you're successful. But for me, my scoreboard isn't in that stadium it's a, it's it's the lives that i impact it's the hearts that i reach uh um, it's the relationships that, that that last a lifetime uh there's nothing that will trump that and um and as a head coach um that's what i want our program to be about okay back to the front barry trammell the oklahoman yeah brent you you mentioned uh, over there that you were on you'd been on both sides of this i don't know did you mean that you thought you might get a job and didn't get it, or um, how close have you come to, to taking the jump to head coach, or is this is this the first one that was ever really serious? Um, no, the clo- you know, I've had plenty of um, uh, opportunities where I just bowed out on the front end or uh, said no during the process, and probably a year ago I was probably closest, and. Uh, and again, all the things that are important to me are important in every opportunity that you look at. So some, you know, you looked at more seriously than others. Not many, uh, because again, I, what I, I've again, uh, I've, I've had a great job, um, like an amazing job, and the quality of life. And I'm like literally for the last ten years, I went to work every day, and I got filled up as a as a human being. And that's like hard to quantify to some people, but I like I have perspective and I have awareness. I uh, have appreciation, and uh, and I had a lot of fun. And uh, so, again, uh, so you, you try not to screw up happy, right? Learned that a long time ago. And uh, but this is um, this is 
uh, you, you know, like a no-brainer in my opinion for all the reasons I've already said, you know, from the leadership to the alignment uh, to the success of this program through its history uh, to the location, to the people, all of it. Long conversations with Merv Johnson and Merv, you know, top of the line person, top of the line coach, never did take another job, and the great job never came. Were you? Did you ever worry that, or maybe not worry, but did you ever think it's it's not coming? Um, I think that's important. You said, yeah, worry or not? Yeah, I I didn't worry. Um, mindful, mindful, um, uh, yes, and reflective on what if or what would that look like or what would look like if I didn't, that as well. Uh, and really my family are the ones, I was like always afraid that I would get so ingrained in, in my job, I might uh, have to you know, miss softball practice or you know, being, uh, uh, taking the girls to school in the morning or uh, missing a weekend tournament. Like, like I have so much fun. Uh, you know, that's what living is all about. And um, so I was afraid a little bit um, at times of you, know, you become a head coach and, uh, you know, you might lose that balance. And uh, my family's the one that have uh, encouraged me and um, reinforced to me that it, it doesn't have to be that way. So, uh, so that, I don't know if that answered your question, but Merv was, um, he's uh, like he's always known for, to, to give incredible advice. And, and I've actually thought of him uh, through this process. And um, uh, but uh, uh, thankful for uh, you know his mentorship. Okay, um, we've got more questions than we're going to have time for, so I apologize. We can get a couple more in. Let's go to uh, James Hale, CBS Sports Radio. Very great to see you. I'm glad you're back, man. Um, you touched on it a little bit in your opening in your celebration there, but what have you always thought as a head coach that you really wanted to do offensively and defensively? Can you take a little deeper dive into that? And, Tell us what you expect. Yeah, I mean, I think you, you just watch how uh, offenses work today, uh, you know, with obviously a fast pace. Most everybody's no huddle or the sugar huddle. Uh, uh, just being aggressive, you know, aggressive and physical and everything. Just because you spread out doesn't mean you have to lose a physical element. And I think it's important, more important than anything else, that you maintain, establish, nourish, uh, enhance, improve have a standard of physicality uh, that goes with whatever scheme, you know, that you're, you know, implementing. Um, but I think it needs to be diverse. I think I love game planning. I love um, coaching week to week, uh, tweaking and uh, fitting schemes and based on the matchups and things of that nature. But I think it's important that you understand your, your uh, uh, you know, what you have at, at uh, you know, at your disposal in regards to playmakers and, uh, you know, you're going to ride uh, the things that are your strength. You're going to protect the weaknesses. Um, but I, I believe you got to throw the ball uh, in this day and age uh, without question. Uh, I think that's uh, never changed, but you got to be aggressive in the things that you're doing and multiple, um, very diverse uh, in your presentation and then make the defense uh, move and adjust and um, uh, be right on the field. Um, and uh, and then again, I think that you got to be known for something. And um, so I think having a, you know a strong identity that has shown that it's uh, stood the test of time is is important as well. Uh, on defense, again, uh, believe that it all starts again up front, and that uh, you got to recruit great players there and then develop them. Um, you know, length and speed. Uh, uh, 
guys that have um, position flexibility is ideal. That helps create additional depth. Um, you, the way offenses operate, you'd like to be able to, uh, from a package standpoint, not have to get in and out of sub packages. Uh, you want them. To, you want to do it when you want to do it, not when somebody forces you to do it. And so you you, you want to be able to um, uh, you know play with the same personnel uh, as much as you can. Um, but again, have flexibility. Uh, you want people to th feel like they're seeing a lot, uh, but you know keeping it simple. And uh, but I'm fundamentalist on both sides of the ball. I'm not trying to out trick when it's all said and done. I love deception. I love deception on both sides. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, it comes down to fundamentals and physicality and guys who's playing with uncommon effort. And I think those got to be non-negotiables. Okay, our last two will go to John Hoover, SI Sooners, and then Kerry Murdoch. John. Brent, congrats. Welcome back, man. Um, when you think about the influences you've had in your career, you've named them, you've talked about them, but I just wonder if you could pick one or two things from Bill Snyder, from Bob Stoops, from Dallas Winnie, three different coaches, three different coaching styles, guys that – influence you heavily what are you going to bring to Oklahoma using those yeah I would say uh, Bill Snyder um, organization and details thoroughness um, the what-ifs uh, uh, Bob Stoops a very aggressive go for broke uh, confident mentality and uh, Dabo Sweeney uh, out of love and uh, loving the staff uh, loving the players showing a genuine appreciation uh, for everyone. Yep. Kerry Murdoch, WWLS. Um, you've talked a little bit about it today, you know, the t-shirts that the team wore today. Um, you've won, you know, two championships since you've left here. How much of a, a difficult balance is individual achievement versus team achievement in college football now? And is that one of the bigger battles that you fight? Yeah, and again, I think it goes. Uh, that's a that's a great question, and um, a, a critical, um, hard to gauge, right? Uh, they're not, you know, you're not getting that on a stopwatch, and um, that's a, a, a real critical component. And again, I think it goes back to that recruiting aspect. I'm really trying to find out who they are as people, and that's not like this is um, earth revelating or this is new. But I think the way the landscape of recruiting in college football is a sooner rather than later mindset. And um, really, the, the freshman or the sophomore doesn't really understand what the scholarship is. They just want to know you, they got street cred with you, that you like them. That's what an offer is. And so to me, that's devaluing the offer. And uh, so again, I, I think it comes to go back to that, having value on your offer, what it really means. When you put your name on it as a, as a, as a program in an organization, then you're saying this guy's got it, all of it. Doesn't mean you're never going to make mistakes or misevaluate somebody, but if they don't have the character, character component, if they don't have the team first component, if they don't have uh, the mature component, um, uh, all those things, there's, I mean, keep going down that list of, of you know, the, the intangibles, then, then, you know, we need to move on despite what everybody else is doing. So it's easy uh, in this uh, profession and the recruiting world to uh, just to offer to offer. And, um, you know, that's not who we're going to be. And that when we, when we, we, we offer someone, we've actually seen an academic transcript. They've actually played a couple of years of high school football, varsity football. 
you know, they they uh, they possess the you know intrinsic qualities that we're looking for that that fit our culture and our values. And uh, if it's if it's somebody that's not a team guy, no matter what his talent, then we're that's not us. Uh, we're moving on. You don't need that. You recruit your problems. You you you. And so um, again, just empowering our our coaches in their evaluation process, it's more whoa than go. And uh, and that's not the nature of, of college recruiting right now. So uh, if it's, um, if, you know, they have the, the mega camps everywhere, for example, you're not going to see the Oklahoma, not as long as I'm here, the Oklahoma logo at the mega camps. If, if, if we got to go to a mega camp in San Antonio to uh, get you interested in Oklahoma, so you're not going to come to our campus and see us to the Oklahoma camp on our campus, then you're not coming here for, for three or four years anyway if it's too much of an inconvenience. So we want to, you know, it's kind of like uh, Rolls-Royce. You don't see Rolls-Royce commercials everywhere, ever, do you? You don't see it, commercial. And, and I'm not saying this in an egotistical way, but the Oklahoma and its rich history and tradition and its success takes a back seat to nobody. And um, so we shouldn't have to go and, you know, to across the country and uh, to the, the mega camps where there's 600 kids and, you know, 30 colleges. You really can't do a good evaluation to get to know them anyway. Uh, we don't need to do that. And um, so rely on that as well to attract the best of the best, uh, you know, on and off the field. But, 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 but that attitude of, of team first, it's critical. It's one of the first things you see when you walk in our team room, something I believe wholeheartedly in. I'm sorry we have to stop. Coach has a recruiting schedule he has to keep. Joe, Coach, thank you very much. Certainly look forward to what's ahead. Appreciate everybody being here today. See you soon. Thank you. Press conference. There you go, the first of Brent Venable's press conference brought to you by Allstate. Switch to Allstate and save championship uh, and save championship savings for the win from Allstate. What a day. What a celebration. We appreciate your patience and sticking with us on the Sooner Radio Network. For Toby Rowland, I'm Chris Plank. For Drake, uh, Drake, our producer in Jeff City, and Eric Nichols and all the SSP crew. Uh, celebration of Brent Venables. Thanks for being a part of it. And Boomer Sooner, everybody. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast, presented by Riverwind Casino, still the one, and by Allstate, proud partner of Oklahoma Athletics. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the air. The preceding has been a Learfield presentation on the Sooner Sports Network.